0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt, middle name redacted, Givanesi, and joining me is the founder of ListenMoneyMatters.com and the co host of the Listen Money Matters podcast, Andrew Fiebert. Hey, man, how's business. <laughs> What's up? It's really, really good. It's good. very far up and to the right. What's funny is because the summertime for both of us, well, not I guess,
1: not no, swim not you. Both,
0: No, not for both of us. The summertime for you is usually pretty like meh, everyone's on vacation doing their thing.
1: Yeah, every, everyone Traffic just is
0: low. they're not on the internet
1: like they usually yeah.
0: are, and they're not listening to podcasts and they're not visiting the website. Right, that's pretty right. much. Yeah. People
1: are spending money. They're not looking to like fix yeah. their money.
0: Yeah, I um, yeah, this is obviously the big time for me, but this is where it starts to drop. So August is like, like July was riding high mm. and then August is in the dust. that was my rhyming scheme, but it, it, it like <laughs> takes like a little, it takes like a little dip. And then in September, it'll take a little bit of a, a spike when people go to close their pools ah. and then it drops in October. So I get like a little, like last minute, like, oh, he's still alive.
1: It, you're saying, you're saying October is not like a, a spa buying month.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, so it is for sure in, in life, but uh the winter time for hot tubs is definitely better for me. Mm, like super um, winter. Yeah. So I but but I mean, even in the in the summertime, hot tubs are are popular too. So I don't know. I'm gonna be really focused this year on hot tub content. Uh, and specifically with video, so which is what we're gonna talk about. I dig that. Cool. So in this episode, we're talking about the results of my recent YouTube experiment. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization and blogging video courses My YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning-fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math, and MoneyLab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing, not to mention it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, MoneyLab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to MoneyLab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's MoneyLab.co slash pro. All right, so we're talking about the results of my YouTube optimization experiment, which you can read over at moneylab.co. And I've um, been running this experiment for probably about a month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I started this experiment when beginning of the summer. And again, it's on MoneyLab. And I've already seen some results. You've ramped ones. it
1: up pretty quickly. like Yeah. It's putting I, the process in place and
0: yep. very and fast. I'll, t- I'll tell you that um, it's... I did the numbers yesterday. It's interesting. It's not as like, holy shit, as I thought it was. Mm. But there is some... You know what's been really difficult is figuring out the metrics. Like, what is the thing that you need to concern yourself with on YouTube? Because it is different. Um, and I've kind of... I will go over all the numbers. So if you're a numbers nerd, this is the episode for you. Yes. So a quick background on the experiment. The goal was to generate more revenue through YouTube with both YouTube ads and pitching my own products i can tell you as a spoiler alert that absolutely happened um the plan is to optimize my entire back catalog of all the videos on swim university on my swim university channel and any new videos that i create so um i have done that as well uh and the focus is to increase the suggested video traffic source percentage Mm. um that did not happen
1: and but what does that mean And I I, I know because you've explained to me like literally this
0: morning, but. Okay, so the reason why it didn't happen, and I guess.
1: No, what is suggested video traffic?
0: Okay, so bottom line is I've been talking, you know, we've done, I did an episode recently with Tom Martin, who's kind of been my, um, I want to say silent mentor during Mm -hmm. this whole process. Um, Because I'm not like talking to him every day, but we did have a conversation and I took his course. And the the biggest uh, piece of advice was like, if you wanna get more traffic on YouTube, if you wanna get more views, the goal is to increase the amount of times that your video is served up as a suggested video on the sidebar of other people's videos. Mm. So if there's a video of a guy talking about taking care of a pool and he's really popular and he's got a lot of views, my goal is to try to optimize my video so that I am one of, if not the, most suggested video on the sidebar as you're watching his video.
1: So, so you're like literally living within his content. Like people click to his video page and yeah. like you're being promoted. Then. Yep.
0: So j- well, well, similar to the way SEO works on Google, is to take your competition and outdo them, mm-hmm. right? Don't try to rank for something that no one's searching for. Rank for something that people are already searching for and just outrank your competitors by just creating better content and being better on-page, using better on-page optimization in articles. In this case, it's with video. So there is like some certain criteria. And that criteria, which is all the things that I did and what Tom talked about, was improving the thumbnail. So obviously, if I have like a really bright, fun, engaging thumbnail. That
1: orange you have, like really pops.
0: Yeah, so all of that, that's a whole fucking rabbit hole of information. And I'll talk about it. But the thumbnail design increases your CTR, and mm-hmm. the higher CTR you have, the more Google and CTR click through rate. The more CTR you have, the higher percentage is. The more Google is going to want to serve that because people are actually clicking. Like a self
1: fulfilling prophecy, you get clicks, and then you get more clicks because you are getting clicks.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, you want to write better titles and descriptions because uh, again, you want to aim for relevancy. So just like in that's like one, probably the biggest thing you could do for optimization in. SEO like regular article SEO is title and description, mm. and then tags are a thing. So I was so surprised it was a thing you were showing yeah. me.
1: There's like a lot of tags too.
0: Yeah, you have up to five hundred characters to fill, and you want to fill the whole box. Um, so what you want to do is basically if there's a if there's somebody who's already ranking for a video in a keyword that you want to rank for that's getting a lot of views, whether they're you know ranking in YouTube or not. You can use a program that I have called TubeBuddy which just sounds gross for some reason. <laughs> ah, he's my Tube Buddy. What? So you take this, this program will actually any video that you pull up on YouTube, it's an embedded uh, Chrome extension mm-hmm. and it'll just tell you what tags they're using and you can just copy it. Oh wow. And then stick it in your stuff. So then, and then there's another, uh, you want to unify the tags as well across your entire channel. So if all of your videos have to do with Swimming pool, you want to make sure swimming pool has the same tag across the channel because it, it brands your channel as this channel is about swimming pools. Um, how do you then, know which tags
1: to keep from competitors? Because I imagine you, they just have a bunch of stuff that's garbage as well.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah. Especially in my industry, like they, people just don't know how to use tags. I'm so the way that I did it was. I would look at other people's tags. I would copy the ones that seemed relevant. Like some people would put the tag literally two words, how to. I'm like, well, that's, that's not stupid. relevant, right? Yeah. Everyone's going to be putting that tag. But then somebody would put like pool algae. Well, that's incredibly relevant to the video that I'm trying to rank for, right? Or green pool water or even the term swimming pool versus the term swimming pool maintenance Like I'd much rather put swimming pool maintenance in my tags than swimming pool because swimming pool is the name of a Kendrick Lamar song. You know, there's uh, people look for like swimming. There's a lot of people who like fill swimming pools with Jello and Orbeez and all kinds of like goofy shit on the internet on on YouTube that gets a lot of views. That's not what my channel is about. So I tend to go for more relevancy so that I am suggested on videos that are related to my industry because otherwise, like if I am suggested in a video. Where a guy fills a pool with Jell-O, which is a real video, and he has millions of views, that's not relevant, and I'm not going to get – you know what I mean? It's just not worth me going after.
1: So just because his video has a ton of views, not worth going after, because you're just it's going to kill your click-through rate.
0: Yeah, my relevancy – yeah, exactly. And then my relevancy is just people are not going to click it. It's just yeah. dumb, right? It's like not worth putting that – like if you only have 500 characters worth of tags – that's not the one I'm going to use, mm. but I want to make sure that there's at least like a few tags that are unified across my entire channel. And then, and then I add tags on top of that, that are specific to that, that topic. And then also like, it's a mixture between like, they're specific to that topic, which two buddy will help you with. It'll be like, here you are. And what also, the other thing TubeBuddy buddy does too, is once you add the tag and you hit save, there'll be a little green Circle next to each tag with the number of where you rank in YouTube
1: for that tag.
0: For that tag. Oh wow. Yeah, which is pretty nice. Um, so that that's pretty important. Uh, adding cards and end screens. So cards are when the little like white circle appears at the top of the of a video and it slides over and you can click it and you top, can go the top right thing. Yeah, the top right thing. Like it's
1: like an eye.
0: Yep. Yeah, that oh, okay. that's a card. Um, you can add. I think you can add six cards per video. Um, and what I use that for is to link to other videos of mine mm. so that it keeps my watch time up and I link to my product. and people click that? yeah. oh wow, believe it or not, yeah. Uh, and then end screens are if you've uh, noticed at the end of most videos now, you'll be able to like there'll be like a video that's like, here, watch this next one or watch this other video or or click here to subscribe. And sometimes YouTubers will actually say it. Like if you go watch Thomas's videos at the end, he actually says things on camera about the cards that he sticks around him or about huh. the end screen that he sticks around him. So like, he'll hey. plan
1: it in advance, basically. Yeah.
0: He'll point to it like go here for this, click here for that, you know, like with his fingers.
1: How do you feel about an end card that points to videos or one that points to say like your your course or an ebook or something?
0: Yeah. So the way I did it was you only can put four pieces and an end card. Mm-hmm. And um I put a like four uh, re- squares or something. Yeah, four squares. I guess. Mm. Um, so I do a link to my an outside link to my product
1: mm.
0: that's relevant to the video. I put a link to subscribe to my to my, cha- to my or- channel to my channel. Okay, mm. and then I put two videos in there. One as the next video in line, and then one that's YouTube's algorithm picks the best best video. That they would like them. You most. could have it automatically pick yeah. your next video in yes. your. end. Oh wow. Yeah. So I do that. I went through every single video that I had on my channel and added the end cards and the cards within each video to increase watch time. That's really to increase watch time. Mm. You know, on my channel.
1: And again, this works like you add <laughs> in end cards and just watch time goes up.
0: Y- yep. <laughs> well, you. I can. I can tell you, like, from the analytics, um, if you look at in. Engagement, I think, is the is the thing. Uh, let me just pull it up. So, if you quick. have a
1: YouTube channel with videos, just by literally and adding end cards, you will increase like YouTube's view of you know the viability of your channel.
0: Yes. Uh, so, in the last, just you know, for in the last twenty eight days, um, the top end screen elements. So there's four elements. There's best for viewer, which is a video. So the, mm. so the algorithm picks the best video. Most recent upload. Associated website, which is my product. And then the subscribe. So 2.6% of clicks go to best for viewer. So best, you know video per viewer and then it's most recent upload and then my product and then subscribe.
1: So then the rest of the clicks are going to recommended like on the Yeah, right and corner, I can tell
0: or? you again for the last 28 days, you know, uh the best video for viewer, it was shown twenty seven thousand times and it had 691 clicks. Wow. That's significant. And then like 39 clicks were to the subscribe button and 30 clicks were to the associated website, which is my product. So it does Weirdly work. And then top cards, I uh, th- this actually shows cards across your entire channel. So um, I guess one of my top cards is how to vacuum a pool the right way. And then the next one is my uh, my, the, my book, actually, 45 Clicks in the Last 28 Days. Just by, it's like two seconds. You put the card in the video, you get some fucking clicks.
1: And it looks like it's essentially automated. Like it yeah. pops over on the right and then disappears. Yeah. and
0: Totally, totally automated. It's it's like why not right yeah Um, okay so the other thing that I did was uh, I every time I would go I would every time I would post a video I would write a comment I would be I would write the first comment with a question it's like hey how green is your pool tell us about it in the comments or if you have any questions whatever and then I would pin that comment to the top which apparently increases engagement and then I did that through all my old videos as well oh Um, and then I've been very proactive as much as I really don't want to be, mm. and this is really fucking hard for me to do, is I've been going through all the comments that my channel's ever got and, like, deleting assholes. Oh, so that's just shitty work. So I'm just reading, fuck this idiot, you know, <laughs> Ron Paul 2020, whatever. Like, I'm just reading awful shit. And it was just like... Why? Why and, would you want to do this? Like, why does it matter? Um, So I, th- I think it was... Tom or somebody who told me that like engagement in the comments, like just improves community. And it just shows that you're like an active YouTuber. And, and that's all I really heard. it's like hearting comments, you know, so when you heart comments and thumbs up on people's comments, like those comments will rise to the top and then it'll encourage less uh, assholes. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I've been doing that and I have not been getting asshole comments. Like, I my 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 community, I guess, in, quote, in quotes, has been very clean.
1: The trolls don't see other trolls, and so they go elsewhere.
0: Exactly. They don't feel the need to, like... I mean, you still get them every once in a while, but they're not... It's just, like, it's worthless for them because I'm just deleting them. And they just... They're like, oh, this is... Everyone's positive. Like, I'm not going to be a, a dick here. Yeah. Right? I'm not... There's no pile-on effect, if that makes sense. Mm. Um. So, it turns out... Um, and I just added this video to the article because I watched this video the other day. So I watch a podcast called H three and you know, it's, it's mostly just a YouTubers type of show. And if you've watched H three, H three on YouTube, he's been around for a while and he just does like commentary on like cultural stuff. But basically he did this one little rant about YouTube because the LGBTQ plus community was is, is currently suing YouTube for discrimination. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was making some arguments, but then what was really fascinating about it was like, he literally has a phone connection with like a super high up person at YouTube because he's a big ass creator, like multiple millions, right. Of of subscribers. So he has a, um, like a direct line. And so he kind of, and he like kind of spilled, not spilled, but basically said that comments and, um, the comment section has no effect on the algorithm. Like point blank, true, definitive, definitively like mm. comments do not affect the YouTube algorithm. So then why even worry about them? Um good question. I have I don't know. I'm doing it just to see if there's any value to it. I don't right now I'm not really seeing any value to it, but Because I think it was, um, somebody was saying that they wanted to turn the, like, just turn the comments off on all your videos. But then Mm. it's like, oh, but then I'm not going to, my videos are going to be seen less because there's not going to be engagement. And apparently that is very untrue. Hmm. So the the comments do not have any effect on the algorithm.
1: It's almost like they were in YouTube. YouTube literally could care less about them, but they're Mm -hmm. not going to, like, remove it because people probably flip out.
0: Right. So I I think there's a little bit of value to just... um, it i guess when people watch the video and somebody else out there i'm sure is like probably chomping at the bit to be like no comments are important and here's why but i think it's just you know as a a creator in 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 not just a youtube creator but like a website creator like i have multiple things that i need to do and it's is is it worth my time like i'm not going to i don't want to answer comments mm. but is it worth my time to hire somebody to answer comments if i know for sure right now that Comments have no effect on the algorithm, which is really the thing that I'm trying to manipulate. But I am helping people through comments by answering their questions. So if they're helpful,
1: they may go and buy your book. You know, they may watch multiple videos. Like this guy, he's just helping everybody.
0: He's just helping. Yeah. So I think that there is value. It's hard to quantify. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's yeah, exactly. So I'm going to continue to do it. I may, you know, I, 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 we'll talk more about the process in a second, but, um. I have some ideas, but I'm not really sure if it's worth it. The last thing I, is a new, like, so I did this whole experiment. I did all this work where I, like, optimized all my back stuff, all my back catalog, and then all the recent videos I've been doing. And then I watched an HREFS video, Sam O. Hmm. Do you watch HREFS YouTube? I've watched a few. I haven't watched a lot or, or recent ones. I think uh, it's a little bit noob, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel like they kind of took most of their content to a broader audience, not to, yeah. like, experts.
0: Yeah, I. but there was one about getting more subscribers mm. on YouTube. And I'm like, all right, like they only have 70,000 subscribers, but I'm like, what do they know that I don't know? Right. One of the things that they said at the very end of the video was to create keyword rich playlists and make them a series. So you have to go into the playlist in YouTube and mark it as a series playlist.
1: What's what is the difference?
0: So what that does is if I have, let's say, three videos in a series about pool algae, and I name it, pool, green pool water algae playlist. Mm-hmm. So my playlist will start to rank in, in YouTube.
1: As a suggested, not yes. video, but playlist next Correct. to
0: videos. Uh, uh, yes. Yes, that, and also in search so if I so so like it's another uh, keyword place to throw some shit so in, it's right? almost
1: like creating another video in the ability to rank where yes. you're just bundling
0: a hundred percent
1: oh because that's super easy then
0: right um but when you mark it as a series because not playlists are not inherently series they're just playlists but right. if you market it as a series, what happens is if somebody's watching a video in that series above the suggested videos in the sidebar it will Show the series, so you get first. more
1: screen real estate for your
0: videos. Yeah, even
1: if they didn't click through the series, they just are watching a video in a series.
0: Yes, and it'll auto play to the next video in the series. Oh, so
1: you literally get to crowd out your competitors yes. by just that is a brilliant idea.
0: Right. So I went and created a ton of playlists, very specific playlists. The problem with series playlist is you can't add the same video to multiple playlists. That's the biggest
1: thing. Uh, okay, so you, so you would have to be really thoughtful where... Because mm-hmm. it sounds like we, there should never be a case where a video is not in a series. Maybe you then peeled off of one into a more specific one, but... it's
0: exactly what I did. I mean, you just nailed it. It's exactly what I did. So, like, I only have one video in my Pool Algae series. But it's there, and it's, you know, and then when... Or I could have moved it to like the pool maintenance series until I had two videos for algae, mm. and then you know actually that one I do it no I, sorry that one does have two videos I'm being an idiot, but so, basically as
1: long as there's at least two you're stealing screen real estate yes from yes that's awesome
0: yeah um and so you have those, to
1: optimize the series in the same way as a video with like tags no, and all no
0: it's really ju- uh so I think let me just let me just before I definitively say that uh okay so yeah no you you basically just create the well
1: it's perfect because then it's using everything from the other videos to help you rank
0: yep Hmm. so yeah there is no oh you can add a description to playlists so that you could do i and i have not done that but maybe i should Mm. so those are the things that i've done uh when it comes to like now i haven't Improved all the thumbnails in the past because I'm working with a graphic designer and I'm not trying to like go, "Hey, I need 70 thumbnails done by Friday." <laughs> like, get it, you know? Yeah, I'm, 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 doing it slow because obviously, like, it costs money to do it, and you're learning I'm, what works. Yeah, you don't
1: want to make 70 and then be like, "Oh, I should have did this." and right. Do them all right. again.
0: But everything else, I kind of did in like one bulk move. Okay. Mm. So results. I want to point out that I'm. Because I'm a seasonal business, I'm I'm going to be comparing 2018 numbers to 2019 numbers. Like
1: May over May type stuff.
0: Well, actually, I'm doing the whole year. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the reason is because I want to point out that like 2019 is not over yet. We still mm-hmm. have about five months left. Right. Okay. Wait, right. September, October. No, no four months left. I was Um, just going to
1: trust that you added that graph.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we're recording this at the end of August. So we have four months left. Uh, These are numbers from yesterday. So this is pretty, you know, you could basically count this as August. In 2018, Mm -hmm. I got 1.6 million views across the entire channel. Which is huge. It's a lot. Yeah. In 2019, I got 1.6 million views.
1: Okay, so 2018 got 1.6 million, and you're saying this year you were already at the level you were for the full year
0: yes. last year? Yes. Uh, in 2018, I had 3.9 minutes in watch time. M- minutes? That's it? 3.9 million. Oh, million minutes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. In 2019, I had 5 million. Oh, wow. So, so watch time. Same amount up. of views, but people are completing videos. Yes. Uh, either that or their, or the autoplay. Oh, I guess. Yeah, you're right. That's how that would work. Yep. So you're like getting
1: to relevant people better
0: here. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, I produced about, I want to say I 16 videos this year, maybe, maybe more, maybe 20 videos this year. Mm. And, and most of them have been over five minutes and, and me and some of them even over 10 minutes. The, the so total I ju- length of the video you're saying. Yeah. So I've been making longer videos this year and I know that the, you know, that's into improve watch time, which is definitely helping.
1: And by the way, how many videos
0: did you have before you started publishing this? Year? 70.
1: Okay. So 17, you added, you say like 20 ish.
0: So I, I ha- so it says I have 71 videos. So I probably had 50 videos. So I, mm. I, I, g- I can tell you exactly. So I've done 17 videos this year, mm. starting in April. And then I did, did, most of them had been June, July, and August, but I did two in April that were, that were 27 minutes long and 17 minutes long respectively. So they were long videos and they were freaking just PowerPoint presentations that I had built. Mm. Yeah. Uh, So watch time went up in 2018. I got 4.2 or, or sorry, 4,200 subscribers.
1: New. You're saying
0: new subscribers, yes, in 2018. In 2019, I got ninety-four hundred new subscribers. Oh, okay. So
1: it sounds like the story is not so much like you published these new videos and they just crushed YouTube, but you just optimized what you had, yes, like extremely well.
0: Yes. And the other thing too, I forgot to mention, and this is a little tiny trick I learned from Backlinko, Mm. is there's a little, uh, you can add a watermark to every video okay. on, on your channel. And the watermark that I had was my logo, my little like SU logo. This is like within
1: YouTube, like a thing. That yeah, you- it's within oh,
0: okay. with, yeah. And what I did was I changed that to a subscribe button that literally says the word subscribe. Oh. So now all my videos have this little subscribe button that you can actually click and subscribe to the channel.
1: And clearly dramatically improved, uh.
0: Yeah. The, well, the well the problem is I can't measure that. I don't think I can measure clicks that on that specific. Yeah, element. specifically. Yeah. Um. Unless I'm wrong and somebody can point it out, but uh, I have not seen that in my digging in. So here's the big one.
1: Mm.
0: In 2018, uh, I <laughs> I made one thousand seven hundred ninety-one dollars and 39 cents from YouTube ads, and to be Crystal clear. I started monetizing. Like I turned on all the monetization checkboxes on all my videos on August fourteenth of so,
1: this year of last
0: year. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, so you really that you had the last third of the year monetized with YouTube? Ads. Yeah.
0: Mm. Exactly. And I made seventeen hundred, roughly eighteen hundred,
1: which is good for after pool season.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that's for the rest of the year, and my CPM was seven dollars and fifty cents mm. this year. 2019, I've done 78 or $7,843 and 78 cents on YouTube ads.
1: Wow. So that's like multiples higher.
0: Yep. Uh, it's about like a five or 6% or times increase, but the bigger thing was I told you in the beginning that I was trying to make more money with my products through YouTube. So what I started doing is in all the new videos that I made this year, I added a hey, go to, here's the link to my product. Like, here's how to get it. And if you use the promo code video, you'll get 10% off, right? So I ran um, a. Do you know if
1: someone purchased through
0: your video? I do. Mm. I know. Well, I know. Yeah. So I know if they use that coupon code, they most, they saw the video at least. Mm. Now they could have saw the video on my website because all the videos are embedded. And but they could
1: serve the same purpose.
0: Same purpose. I did $6,414.60 on product sales. Wow. Just through that coupon code.
1: And this is something that you were just selling anyways, and yep. you just this was sales that you weren't getting.
0: Weren't getting. Yep. Wow. Um that pretty much those two numbers pay for. Me to do YouTube. Like it's worth doing YouTube.
1: Given that, I know the year's not over, but the amount of views hasn't even increased that much, but you are able to do so much more with those views. Yes. You know, like in terms of watch time or whatever, but then like generate like many fold more in terms of revenue. Yes. Same amount of views.
0: Same amount of views. And the CPM is $8.70 as opposed to $7.50. So my CPM went up. Mm. I don't know why but I, that's true. Um, okay. I had, this is, I think, a, a more important number. So my videos in 2018 got 9.6 million impressions. Wow. So that okay. that's
1: like an impression in Google search. Doesn't mean someone watched it, but it was just shown as a possibility.
0: Or a suggested video. Right. Right. In 2019, again, not even the full year, million impressions. Wow. So that means my videos are being seen more, Mm. which I think has lowered my click through rate, but has not, but not significantly, like not by a number where I was like, Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta worry about that. You mean like
1: impression to view is what you're
0: saying? Yeah. Mm. Um, so here's where it gets a little bit. I I think I may have fucked this up, but (laughs) I'm so in 2018, I had forty four point one percent of my views come from external, which means Google, like actually Google and embedded on my website,
1: which makes sense because you didn't optimize for YouTube and your biggest channel is your website.
0: Yeah. And so 26. Yeah. Twenty six point five percent of that came from suggested. Twenty six point
1: five percent. Uh, this is in 2018, but the, to- by the, the way. total views yeah. of your YouTube videos were from that side column.
0: Yes. Okay. And then 23.5% was from YouTube search. So
1: actual searching in YouTube less than being suggested.
0: Yes. And then 2.3% in browse features, which is homepage, just mm-hmm. like, you know, basically like YouTube recommending things to you.
1: Because to be honest, when I go to YouTube, I'm almost exclusively using, I guess, browse features.
0: Yeah. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is fucked up, because in 2019, all of those numbers dropped except one. Mm. And I I feel like, one, they got redistributed. Right, because it totals
1: 100%. It's not like they can all be 100%. (laughs)
0: Exactly. So I was just kind of like, oh, they all I'm not doing it right. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe. So I will say that the biggest increase, like all of them decreased, but mm. one of them increased. And that was browse features. Oh, so, so, so people are arriving
1: to YouTube and like you're in their face.
0: Yep. 2.3% 2. in 2018, 15.5% in 2019. What do you think caused that? I think publishing more. Mm. And I think optimi- optimi- like all the optimization things that I did really helped uh, YouTube to know what my channel was really about, and being able to serve that to people they already knew were watching those videos, and so now I'm being recommended more often.
1: Do you think that your ability to increase sub- uh, subscribers like played into this? Probably,
0: or? yeah, probably, yeah. I think there's like it's all kind of like mixed into the algorithm, and I don't know like like the direct correlation between the rise in numbers. Besides the, besides revenue, that one, I know. But I mean, ideally you don't
1: want it, not like you don't want it to be external, but like you're external, like you already got that nailed down. right And And that's
0: what, that's what Tom was saying. He was like, dude, uh, you're an outlier because most people don't get most of their views from external. They get them from YouTube. Yeah. He's like, you're one of the rare, you're one of the rare people who gets a majority of their (laughs) views from their own website. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And that's really one of the biggest reasons I decided to focus on it this year was because I'm like, well, if I promote my products in my videos and if I turn on all these ads and I'm getting paid through these ads, I have a website that gets a ton of traffic and, that, and people watch videos. Why am I not utilizing this to make extra money on my website? Yeah. And it just made sense. The other thing I forgot to mention, too, was, and this is something Tom had mentioned to me, and I when I say Tom, so I, there's Tom Martin and Thomas Frank, and I, I want to be very clear. I was even going to ask, but
1: I know that you never call Thomas Tom.
0: Right, I know, I yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So uh, he said that I should add the words Swim University at the end of every single one of my titles in all my videos.
1: Is This, this is like a similar to Yoast type thing, where you do like yeah. a pipe, yep. and you put your Oga. Okay.
0: Yeah, so it's exactly what I did. I did a pipe, and then Swim University, and that just lets... It allows uh, my videos to be served up more in the suggested sidebar on my own videos.
1: Oh, because it's easy for them to tie them together. You would think
0: that they would know because for same
1: publisher, right? Right,
0: but who knows? So, <laughs> um, so that's all the numbers. And if there's anything that you think that I missed in the numbers thing, one of the big, I think, I remember seeing a. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back into my analytics live here, and I'm gonna look at, um my reach. If I just pull up suggested videos, right? If I just isolate suggested videos. Yeah. So June, I had when I started promoting videos or I started publishing videos again, like the suggested videos bar graph like does a hockey stick.
1: Mm.
0: And so I'm that like plays
1: into the whole YouTuber burnout where like publishing actually drives more promotion.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, because like YouTube wants to recommend new videos in their sidebar Mm -hmm. and their suggested stuff. So that has been, um, that was, that was really interesting graph to see. The other really interesting, um, isolated incident in, in all of this was one video in particular that was a video that I had published in April and I'm going into the analytics now because this one was a The, the, the truest of hockey stick moments. So it is a 17 minute video. It's like, this graph is fucking insane. So it's a 17 minute or eight, almost 18 minute video. It is a PowerPoint presentation. So just slides basically just, just slides. Like I I designed it nice and I do a voiceover and, but it's, you know, it's 18 minutes of me teaching the, like my perfect pool maintenance plan, like start Mm -hmm. to finish, like when to do everything you know, how to test all this stuff. And I did it as a bonus, like opt-in bribe where it's like, Oh, Hey, on my website, do you want to download and watch a you know, our, our full video on how to, whatever the hell, like how to do your pull maintenance plan. It really wasn't working as well as an opt-in. So I decided to just like make it public and mm-hmm. put it on our website and then put it, um, like on YouTube, you know, like just, Make it share public. It. Yeah, yeah, share it. I, it wasn't on YouTube at first. I had it as a Wistia video, like mm. privately. And then I was like, oh, I'm not going to use this opt-in bribe anymore. It's like people just really don't get it or they're not understanding. It, actually, I I got more subscribers when I changed it to get a weekly newsletter to take care of your pool. <laughs> it's like, right? okay. Yeah. Um, so I put it on YouTube. I published it on April fifth right mm-hmm. embedded it on the website had a really shitty thumbnail like a really shitty thumbnail it was literally just the first slide of the of the thing oh, which okay, was like so. my logo and the and the title of the video that's it um it was getting on average like thousand views a day it's fine whatever a thousand views here and like as the now we're in June, still getting a thousand views, starting to go up a little bit. And then one day, I changed the title, mm-hmm. I changed the description, and I changed the thumbnail. The thumbnail I decided to like make the orange. I made it's called. It says the words "pool plan" really big. It's got little pool elements, and I'm dead center. I, me, my face is dead center in the middle of it. And I went. I used hrefs. And I was looking for Hrefs and the YouTube, the actual like YouTube search. And I was I found that like pool maintenance for beginners was the keyword that like people clearly search for. So I changed the title to pool maintenance for beginners bracket step-by-step action plan. And I capitalized like all caps pool maintenance and action plan. So
1: pulling out all the stops from your search days.
0: Yes. You know. And then when I did that. There is a giant hockey stick of just views and all of those views, like 44% of those views came from suggested videos. Wow. And 26% came from YouTube search and 15% came from browse features. 4.9% came from direct or unknown. And only 4.7% came from literally my website, which is where it started.
1: So relative to like the time it takes to make a video, this is like peanuts to optimize mm-hmm. this stuff. And it had like a massive, that, that's insane. Massive. So why are you not updating all your other thumbnails? <laughs> I am.
0: <laughs> it's just that I think this one was special because that keyword happens to get a ton of searches in YouTube and not a lot of pool keywords get searches. This is just what happens to be one of the higher ones. Mm. And I went to YouTube in incognito mode and I'll do it right now. I, and so I always do an incognito mode because you're usually locked into YouTube and it's not going to show you your own stuff. It's like custom. Um, Yeah. So I typed in pool maintenance and then I did the drop down pool maintenance for beginners. So I, I occupy three of the top five videos on that search. Wow. Uh, and they're all the same. And then there's two, there's two in between. And that guy has the largest channel on YouTube. Like he for just pools. He, for pools. Sorry, yeah, for pools. I think he's got about sixty to seventy thousand subscribers, and I'm only sitting at around twenty four thousand subscribers. Uh, but he's been like completely focused on it. He publishes a ton of content. It, it's and it's very helpful content. It's just like his thumbnail game and his um and his video quality is it leaves something to be desired, I'll say. Mm. I just but find that's that
1: fascinating. I didn't realize, I, it actually sounds like you don't have many subscribers. You said you have like 20 something thousand.
0: 24,000.
1: And you brought in a, sh- a shy of between 14 and 15,000 in income mm-hmm. for the year mm-hmm. with only 20,000 subscribers.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was told that, subscribers like earning or gaining subscribers really shouldn't be my game Mm. my game should be suggested videos and just creating more videos to embed on my website because so is that like a red herring number it's like a vanity
1: kind of doesn't i
0: believe so yeah i mean um so when i when i when i publish videos on youtube like first of all you know if you're a if you're a fan of some university you're you're weird you know what i mean like (laughs) (laughs) so all the fans of the stuff you
1: create they're now like they're Tuning out, they're like. Well, Screw I'm just this like,
0: guy. like I understand. Like, I'm fans of like cooking shows, and I'm fans of uh, like I wouldn't be a fan of like a handyman who's like, today I'm going to fix a toilet. I'm like, well, I don't need my toilet fixed, so I'm not going to watch that video. So I think it's just one of those things I watch where Gordon
1: Ramsay like cook weird shit. Maybe I you, like to watch people you, fix toilets. You don't know what I do. In my that's spare true. Time.
0: That's true. There, but there is a thing that's food porn. I don't think pool or well, pool porn is a topic. But I'm not going to rank for that. I just think that. It's hard for people to subscribe and then like if I publish a video, like for the winter time, I'm planning on publishing hot tub videos. Well, if you're a Mm -hmm. subscriber, like the chances of you watching my hot tub videos in the winter time are probably going to be low. I don't know what that's going to do to my channel, but
1: like people aren't coming for the brand. They're coming for a solution.
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that helped. So my, so. Of all the success stories in this particular experiment, like that specific video, which had been published for three months before I did any optimization at abysmal views. Now, when I, I say a thousand views, like this is all coming from my website. That's mm-hmm. where, it, you know I mean? Because my website right, gets right. a lot of traffic. So. so like
1: YouTube, you know, .com wasn't sending you much. at Anything.
0: Point. Yes. And then all of a sudden I do some optimization, just, just like really intentional optimization on this one video and boom.
1: See, if I saw numbers like that, I would just literally not sleep until I had (laughs) everything else optimized.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's a
1: smoking gun of what you need to do with the remaining like 50.
0: Yeah, right. So the problem with this, and this is a question that we got from Twitter, which was how do you go about doing keyword research for YouTube videos? And that specific example is, yes, I did research prior to naming that video. Like that video was named like pool action plan. That is like the, the name of the video and or pool care, pool maintenance action plan. Um, And pool maintenance is a big keyword, but pool maintenance for beginners is a bigger keyword. And the way that I came up with that was. I used a since I already pay for it, uh, if there is other programs As out like there an specific- initial
1: filter. Like yeah. I saw you doing a Water Bugs one, and you're just kind of like jamming to see if there's anything worth yeah. digging in.
0: Yeah. So So, um, Ahrefs has YouTube data now, YouTube keyword data, mm. and there's another program called VidIQ, which is for keyword research specifically for YouTube. How does um, it compare
1: to Ahrefs, or just different?
0: I am. Of- I've been. I've been told that VidIQ is not as. Is, well, we, I don't know if it's as accurate in data as Hrefs. I just heard from a reliable source, Tom, that VidIQ <laughs> was not is not what it used to be, mm. and, re- and it recently changed. Changed. Although I think like I've not used VidIQ, so I'm I am not one to pass judgment. Right. But he's been using it forever, and it like something happened where he was like, uh, I need to find a new solution. And so he's been looking into Ahrefs. And so I was like, well, I already own Ahrefs. So there's no reason for me to buy another keyword search tool if I already have one. So I decided to use Ahrefs. And the so what I did was like, you do the big, massive research, right? I would like, like, literally type in the word pool and then just filter until I find, no pun intended, filter until I <laughs> Sand find- filter? Yeah. <laughs> filter <laughs> until I find like, relevant keywords for my industry that have to do with pool. And then I put those all into a list in, in And then I'm trying to match that up to the content that I already have. That's ranking very well in Google so that when I do produce a video one, I'm getting views immediately because we're embedding it on the website. Mm. And obviously like it's going to rank in YouTube as well. The other thing that I do, I do a kind of a mixture of looking at what Ahrefs tells me and then looking at what YouTube tells me in that automatic dropdown. So I'll start typing in the word pool, right? And look at the dropdown and see what keywords it recommends. And then I'll hit space and I'll type A and I'll see pool A. And I'll look at all the A words and see if there's any relevancy and then B and then C. And then, you know, like keep going until I see like anything I, I could find. One of the ones I've been doing recently is we have a we have an article that ranks pretty well for like how to get rid of water bugs in your pool. Which may not be a hot topic. People are probably (laughs) not searching for that. But my goal in that research is to find out what the 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 phrase that people are searching for. Mm. Even if it doesn't. Even if it gets like five fucking searches a month. You know what I mean?
1: Bugs in pool or
0: something. Yeah. 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 So I'm gonna look for something that's relevant. And then what I'm gonna do is find what that is. Develop a title that really fucking kicks ass. Develop a a thumbnail that really kicks ass. And then obviously do a video that kicks ass because we're just, you know, basically building that off the channel or off the website. And then I will go search all the find all the pool bug videos that I can find that have the most views and see what tags they're using with TubeBuddy and pull those tags and throw that in there as well. So I'll be recommended with their videos, which are already getting views and then hopefully surpass them in the search. That's my, that's my strategy. It, it just,
1: it smacks so much of normal search where like before it was the title and the description mm-hmm. and then the article just can't disappoint. And it just seems like it's now a picture yep, <laughs> and a title and you just- And a description. Then, yeah, and a description. And so if you really kill those, you're mm-hmm. probably doing like 70,
0: 80%. <laughs> yeah, title and thumbnail are like, your, your game better be on point. And it is, I think it's something that is sort of, you know, obviously that it. there's a certain amount of skill that comes with it. Like you, as a designer, you come with like some skill, um, but then you start to recognize what Mr. Beast calls bangers and you look at like, and Mr. Beast is a very popular creator. I think he's got like 20 million subscribers. And so, so the word banger is really interesting because I've heard that about hops too. It's like. Oh, these are like it's like basically you like it's guaranteed to work. Like when you mm. when you see it, like with a song, you know, it's like this song is like it's got a fucking killer drop. It's like Tom Haverford. Like every song on my iPad is a banger, or on my iPod is a banger. You know, it's got does it have the does it have the perfect drop? Does the BPMs on you know? It's like there are criteria, and I mm. started researching that like crazy. Like what makes a YouTube thumbnail a th- clickable? Right. Like what do people want? What do people want? And like just through, you know, uh, I watched a ton of videos. I read a ton of articles and just sort of, before I started designing my, what I thought would be the swim university version. And there's a few things that I came up with and I wrote down as my criteria for how to design thumbnails. And there's an entire video on that article, um, that I did. It's, it's, uh, MoneyLab.co/slash/youtube-optimization, where I break down exactly how I design a thumbnail in Photoshop and all the choices that I make and why. Um, but specifically, I will tell you those. I have a checklist for a thumbnail design. So one, um, we have a specific font that we use, so we have to make sure we use that. The it can be no more than three words in mm-hmm. the thumbnail. It's not my rule. That is like a. It's not a rule. It's just like a. Best practice, I guess.
1: People are not going to read, like, sentences.
0: Yeah. You want to try not to repeat the same text in the title as what's in the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. So it could, because you have extra, you have another. So for example, I have a new video that I put out. So the title is The Truth About Using Algicide in Your Pool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The thumbnail text is Algicide? Question mark? Yeah. And and so for, you use uh, the thumbnail
1: to catch their attention, and then if they see that and they're like, oh, maybe, mm-hmm. then they'll read the title, but it'll give them more
0: information, more more context. Yeah. So like, I have another one called Pool Chemistry One Hundred and One: How to Keep Your Water Balanced. But the but the text in the thumbnail is pH and alkalinity because that is what keeps your pool balanced. So I was able to add more words to the context of my entire video, and the you know what I mean. Mm. So that's why I try not to repeat. I mean, sometimes I do repeat, but. Um, I try not to, if I can. Uh, so that's, that's a criteria. I use contrasting colors. So my particular brand is blue and orange, which is very contrasting. That's, it's in fact, a complete say, opposite spectrum.
1: You were editing a doc yesterday and Laura saw your little circle with your picture oh, yeah. in that. And she was, she, first of all, she was like, who is that? And, uh, and like, it just, it sticks out so well. Like, the, yeah. Shirt that you have, it really
0: that.
1: that, So
0: the shirt that I've been wearing, it's like basically has has been my uniform all summer for these Mm -hmm. videos because it it works so well with the backdrop, and I can't find that shirt. I want to buy multiples of that shirt, so I you're gonna have to get a
1: sheet of that fabric and commission someone to sew new ones. You know,
0: (laughs) so I don't know. Like it just it just pops off that background and. So, but I also been doing like, uh, the, I want the design of the shirt is loud and the colors right, and the background
1: yeah. is just really good.
0: dude. It just worked. I, yeah. And it was like, I don't know. It just worked. And it, it you, that's like something you can't like, you look at that and go like, that's working. And I don't know why, mm. you know, I think there is a, there is a blue and orange thing. Like people really respond well to blue and orange, um, as like when they're together, so there is something about that, like blue eyes and tan skin, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, hot person. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so I am using green backgrounds and black backgrounds and purple backgrounds and blue backgrounds because I want the colors. It's the swim university color palette. And I want that to be like, I want my, my YouTube channel to be crazy colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also contrasting. The other thing is we create a, so so one, my face has to be in it, which is so stupid. And and I, it's funny because I I actually tested this myself. I put four images, three of them with me and three of them without me, or one of them without me, hmm. up on Twitter just as a poll, like which one of these is do you like? And I, so, like people were saying that like well, Thomas, I remember was one of the people who said actually the one without you is more relevant to the thing to like mm. to what your channel's about. And I was like, yes, because it was a picture of like an in-text pool, which was what the thing was about. Turns out that ha- that was the worst performing thumbnail, like in YouTube of all of those thumbnails, mm. like percentage of click through rate wise. And I was like, okay, so faces really do like faces just fucking work. And <sighs> I just, I'm like, Hey, I might as so well just
1: fat. It's like, they they see your face and I don't know. They're like, I want to know what this guy has to say.
0: It's yeah, it's gotta. There is something, and especially if you. So the other thing too is like we. I really make myself contrasty. Like we, like I, in Photoshop, like I, I punch my like features up. Mm-hmm. Where like I will make it dark, like in my beard. Yeah, darken the beard, yeah, dark yeah. beard brighten the eyes. Like just not like super detailed, but like really just like you're really contrasty, and then like. You know, very subtle, but, um, you know, more so than the actual original image. And then I throw a drop shadow behind everything and the drop shadow. So some people you'll notice in, in YouTube thumbnails, they'll throw like a thick outline around themselves or a thick outline around something to really make like to really make that stand out from the background. And I decided to use drop shadows because I like the look of it a little bit better. And, um, it really just makes you, it looks like a, you're jumping off the thumbnail, and then when you see and the th- the thing was like when you see my thumbnails with all of the other pool thumbnails, and they're just like, like
1: uh, one screen clips of their video. It's like right. dull.
0: Yeah, you really can like you can say like I kind of want to click that one, and even right. me like I'm like it's my fucking dumb face, and it's like <laughs> kind of want to click my face. Think I, I you know i I was worried about it being a little too silly because I'm like I can't do serious anything. Yeah. I, I was worried about it being too silly that people wouldn't take the thumbnail seriously and that my click through rate would go down because it's like, well, if I'm going to learn about chemistry and I want to learn it from some fucking idiot with a grin on his face, giving like two thumbs up or whatever, <laughs> you
1: know, like a Hawaiian shirt, in a
0: Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> uh, but I, I have not seen that. I've not seen a dip. I've not seen an. I have not seen an increase either. But then again. So I haven't seen an increase in click through rate. That said, I have way fucking more impressions. So that's mm. naturally gonna drop my click through rate down. You know what I mean? I wonder
1: if people are just like, how does he get his beard so dark? And they yeah, click in just to see, you know, if it's real.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a Photoshop trick. <laughs> it's a high pass filter. So um, but yeah, that that's that I spent a lot of time like designing the template of what a thumbnail is for Swim University. Mm. And then gave that to my designer. And now he's doing it. He's doing those. And I'm helping him still like we're trying to like like I'll find new things where I'm like, oh, that would be cool if we did X. And what we're doing, too, is like we're adding pool elements. To, it's not just my fucking face and a, and some text. Right. We're adding pool elements. So like um,
1: in the pH we- one, you had like a pH bar.
0: Yeah, pH there, meter. So visually you you know if you have a
1: pool, that's what, you know.
0: Yeah, that's what that is. And like the most recent one with algaecide, we added a bunch of algaecide bottles floating around my head, you know, so it's just like uh in the green background. So it screams like, you know, green algae, algae or whatever. Yeah. So, uh yeah, I that's like that's kind of it in an, in a nutshell. The last piece that I kind of want to talk about, which is this episode's getting pretty long, mm. but the process Of doing these videos, which I had talked to you in detail about.
1: And that is the piece of what you do that I am most obsessed with. You were here. I was really just want, I think that is gold, what you put together.
0: So I almost want to, is it a different, and I don't know if I've talked about it already on the show, but like, is that a different episode? Mm. But I I think it is worthy of
1: an episode. And I honestly think it's worthy of a course.
0: (laughs) So... I will kind of give you a brief overview of the thought process behind it. So I started this in June, and I basically took the month of June to figure out, okay, how am I going to make? How can I make YouTube videos sustainable? Mm. That's really just like my that was my kind of like overarching goal, and how do I make it profitable so that I can remove myself as much from the process as possible? Basically, a
1: YouTube publishing engine.
0: Yes, that that was my goal, and the same goal that I had when I was doing uh swim university articles. Like I'm not going to be the one writing articles all the time. Of course I have to be the one doing it at first, but then I wanted to, to know what needs to be done. And- exactly. So I sat I, for the first like six or seven videos. I did everything soup to nuts and I started, and I was using an Asana board uh, and just going like, what are all the actual steps? So the first step was, you know, we have a deck it's called on deck where we have like the ideas that are just like floating there and they're just titles. And they're based on our articles right now. And then I move that over to another column called writing. So we write a script. And at first, I was writing very loose scripts based on the articles that we had written. Bullet points, not full sentences, just kind of like outlining. And that was taking me forever because I was really just editing an entire post down to a few bullet points. Um, and obviously, I don't like writing. And it's really boring for me to be in a writing screen. And so I, I was like, oh, this is awful. But I, it was absolutely necessary. And then the third part was filming. So I would, I would have everything on my phone. I would sit in front of the camera. I'd have so the um, I bought a backdrop that made it really easy for me to do everything in my office. Uh, I have one softbox light, one microphone set up. I have a chair. I have a backlight, and I just talk into the into the camera. And I was reading. You know, I would just constantly look at my phone and make sure I was like hitting my points. But I was doing it kind of off the cuff, like I was just talking into the microphone and that worked it was fine and then i would export that into the computer edit it in premiere and i did all these jump cuts it would take me a bunch a long time to edit and then i would publish it i would upload it to youtube hit publish and then i would embed it on the website and then that was complete so it was like these like a six-step process and so then i was like okay well now that i have all these six steps it's what does matt not need to do like mm-hmm. what is like what what is matt crucial in doing and what he's not what's you know, he's not, uh, what are you, um, yeah, not, not, not necessary. Crucial, what can unnecessary. you do yeah Yeah. Yeah. So the first one was embedding on the website. Um, Michelle runs the website. She's like fully in charge. So I would just send her the YouTube, you know, URL and say, Hey, can you upload this to the website? And she would embed it and mark it complete and it was done. Okay. So one thing crossed off the list. So it's like the one thing I don't have to do. Great. Uh, And it was already built into the process. She was already there. So I'm just like, this is not something I need to do. Then I asked her if she would be willing to write scripts based on the articles that she was writing. And she was like, yeah. So I built a template of what I want the videos to be. So the video is like an intro and then the, the title card and then a disclaimer if we talk about specific things. And then like the meat of the thing, like a three part section, and then the outro or the promotional piece for the products and then the outro. Mm. And so I put that together, gave it to her. She would write these, you know, pretty like loose scripts. And I would, you know, again, film those, edit those, you know, upload it to YouTube and then send it to her to embed. So she was like kind of bookend in the process. Then I was like, all right, well, this is working. And I had done, you know, again, we were probably up to the, about 10 videos at this point. And so I was like, okay, well, is this working? Is there Are we making money? Yes. Well, how much money are we making? And can I afford to hire somebody to do the editing? Because that is literally the most time-consuming process of this whole thing. However, it was one of the things that I liked doing the most. Mm. Right? And it's something that you're good at. You have a lot of
1: experience.
0: Right. Editing. And so th- the thought process there was, It's not sustainable for me to do all the editing, even though it was my favorite piece. My least favorite piece was the writing. And that was the first thing I got rid of. But with filming, that was where I was crucial because my face is on fucking camera. So it's like, Mm. I kind of have to do that part, right? I kind of don't have to do the editing, even though I'd rather those things be flipped. I'd rather have somebody else film and me edit, but that wasn't, that's not in the cards. And so I was like, all right, well, I will get somebody to edit found an editor very quickly, very good. We used frame.io to do back and forth stuff. And every decision I made in, you know, if he did something where it was like, oh, you know, change this, change that, do this, do that. I would make notes of my decisions and then start to collect that into a um, sort of like a a SOP or a document that was, here's how we do. So like, here's how you edit. Like when I say that, like whenever I say, you know, parts per million, always put the words parts per million and in parentheses, PPM things Mm. that I knew would be repeated and Canon in my process. Um, and so, so then that made the editing process faster and it's still, we're still in, we're still working on it. We're still trying to make it quicker, but my goal is to not go back and forth with an editor a billion times to get something right. Like, you know, they should
1: know the things that you're going to say
0: yeah, um, and it's the so that was the other part too, right? Where it was like, all right, well, now that I have the editing and I have the script writing, and I'm kind of in the middle with just filming and uploading, um, I was like, uploading right now is one of those things that's pretty easy, and I like having the control of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- oh, by the way, and thumbnail design was another piece of the process I forgot, and I designated that to my designer who's been working with me for about five years so it's like i just they know know what you like and i'm sure you could show them and and i did i filmed a video that video is up on the website on money lab so you can see that that video was for him so like Mm. here's how i do it and so then okay so then it was like filming and uploading i still have not found an ideal uploading process yet because it kind of changes every time i do it and i don't know it sounds like I, it's
1: very time consuming with the tags and just a million button It is.
0: Clicks. But yeah. And because I'm using TubeBuddy, there's like a, like it's my program that I pay for. I don't know if I can have other users doing it. So there's just, there's no like buffer for YouTube, which I wish there mm-hmm. were. So that way, like, I could give it, I can give access to somebody else to upload it for me. But Without I feel them like having there's,
1: like God access to your account.
0: Exactly. So there's just, um, I know there's ways around it. I haven't gone into doing it because I still like the process of uploading still. Like it's still mm. it feels like I've accomplished something. So filming was the one where I'm like, I fucking hate it, dude. I like I have these scripts, it's all done for me. I put down the backdrop, I set up all the equipment, and I'm sitting in front of the camera, but I was sweating because I would mm. get, I'd be like looking at the phone. I I don't know if I was getting shit right. Like I, cuz I would read a bullet point and then say it and then go, "Fuck, that wasn't right." And then try it again and like literally just stare at the camera trying to get the word out when I really didn't know it. Cause I'm just kind of like glancing at it. Right. And so my thought on fixing that was what if I had Michelle write the script as if I was going to read it mm-hmm. and then buy a teleprompter and be able to sit down in front of the camera, read a teleprompter. And I have a, a, a unique skill of being able to do that without sounding robotic. I was going to say you're very good at reading
1: copy like a human would.
0: Yeah, I I guess it's not a unique skill. It's just like it's a it's a strength that I have. So like I'm like, well, and if I do that, then technically the editing would be faster because like there wouldn't be as many mistakes. And so and and then he would have he knows what to expect because he has the script as well. Exactly. So I'm like, well, that solves a, a lot of friction. Mm. And it solves friction for me because I'm like, I don't have to sweat. I can just sit down and read and know that what I'm reading is correct because it's been pre-vetted.
1: What what I find fascinating is that, and it's contrary to I think what you would normally think is that to make better videos, actually having them highly scripted kind of checks all the boxes where you'd think just being dynamic and off the cuff but prepared would be better, but actually makes everyone's job harder.
0: Right, because I'm not going to learn. Like if there's a – like, we're about to do a video on, I know we're going to do a video on hot tub folliculitis or or water bugs, like how to get rid of water Big bugs. Big
1: problem, hot tub folliculitis.
0: Huge problem <laughs> in the industry. So, like, I don't know. Sh- like, I used to know stuff about that when I wrote the article and when I used to work at a pool store. It has mm-hmm. been many years. I am not going to sit there and fucking learn it and then, like, understand it so well that when I speak on camera, I know it. Mm. and can talk off the cuff to me that's not what's not worth my time to know that's not worth filling my brain with that information and yeah, so yeah. if somebody else puts it together like an article i can rest assured that like that is that copy is correct because someone else did the research and the one thing that i do look at is when the script comes to me i will re- review it and just punch it up mm. before i talk you know because it's like oh that's I you went, have oh, enough I,
1: understanding as well where you can maybe pick out pieces that don't fit in the right order or yes. it might be yeah.
0: And and jokes if I want to like punch up a joke or something to make the video a little bit more entertaining or I'll do that cuz it's worth I've, my time. I have heard you
1: that. being funny before.
0: Yeah, I've to be funny. Yeah. Once. And That's and poof, right. I've been riding that train. <laughs> so That has, I, so tonight I'm actually doing two, I try to bulk uh, film too. So we're trying to do four videos a month, um, not on a schedule. We're not trying to like publish every Monday or whatever, like we do with the podcast. It's just, um, I want to accomplish four videos a month and I bulk film those. So I'm trying to film four to five videos at a time. So that way I can just like literally, you know, one to two hours of my day once a month is producing four videos
1: well it's like 50 a year and so Mm -hmm. your first year you're doing you're like doubling your catalog and yeah you're growing pretty quickly then
0: yeah but but my time is very you know i'm not really you're
1: isolating into one maybe two days worth of effort instead of like completely consuming of every moment
0: correct because i have other things to do and i think you know, I, there's an argument to be made that like I'm not putting as much effort into the videos as maybe I should be doing. But uh, <laughs> the the thing is, time is not
1: related to like value derived. You right. know what I mean? Just because you spent ten hours on an article may not be any more useful than an hour. You know, it's kind of right, like putting true. the time in the right spot.
0: Yeah, and I think too, like if I spend more of my time trying to be an entertaining person. Uh, making the the film look good, making the audio sound good, uh, punching up jokes like just little tiny pieces to just increase the overall quality of my output without sacrificing time, without using time as a as a way to do that. Because yes, I can increase the quality output by investing my time or investing in technology or my skill set or other people to to increase that quality. So it's just, and I can do that now because the the YouTube channel actually makes money and I could funnel that money into making more videos for the YouTube channel, which would then, you know, obviously make more money.
1: Like you could justify spending 15,000 a year on YouTube, given yep. that you're literally earning that. Exactly. It's like a budgeting
0: business. Exactly. So, and I'm definitely spending under that, which is, I'm keeping a close watch on mm-hmm. because yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously I want this no to grow. No reason to and,
1: overspend. No. You
0: know? And obviously like each video that gets published is going to add to more you know, sales is going to add to more, you know, uh, ad revenue. And I might hit on a couple of really kick-ass videos here and there. You know, if you, if you consistently put out stuff, you know, I'm about to do, I'm about to publish one on pool alarms. I don't think people are going to be pool alarm, like someone like
1: stealing your pool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The uh, alarm, like if somebody falls in, right. Oh, okay. So I, I, you look, I don't think it's going to get any traction, but I never know. What if I'm like, oh, this is a hot topic. I didn't even realize. Yeah. So and you know, you'll at
1: least sell a few pool alarms. So that's
0: it. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> that's the other thing too. The other information I so <laughs> the other information I did not talk about, and I probably should have had this in the notes, but I put UTN tracking codes on the links in my description,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that I could see for specifically for my product. Because there's a a link to my products in every description. Right. Uh, So I just did that two or three weeks ago, and I've made six sales from that link in descriptions on YouTube, which is really only seen on YouTube.
1: And so it's six sales, and they might not even have the code you're saying. Like, you know, the sales came through from the code.
0: They definitely have the code. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was probably worked in. But I'm saying, like, six of those, however much I made, uh, six of those sales came from people clicking the actual dis- looking at the description of the YouTube video and clicking the link. And if so you did a video on pool alarms,
1: can mm. you put an Amazon link in the description?
0: You can. I don't do that because I don't want as with anything like it's not a um evergreen model mm. to put because i had to, have to go through all my old videos and change it if one product gets discontinued which happens a bit and you have so no what a way
1: to really tell if
0: yeah so if, God, plug only they built a tool for that i know so plug to be damn i would uh i i actually use lasso to create pages on swimming University that are like here's all our favorite pool products mm. and I have that link in the show in the in the description. And so, so you can
1: maintain one page that then is relevant and accurate across
0: every exactly video. Yep. And I don't have a UTM tracking code on that yet, but that is next. Because I don't have that connected. Mm. But that's yeah, that's everything, man.
1: Damn. I mean, I, I feel like you kind of blasted through that in, you know, ten minutes and it doesn't really do justice to the weeks of putting the pieces together.
0: Let's let's just say that we'll do I think there's there's value to be had on the processing side of things and it and we can use more than just that example. Like I've you know, like the even the Money Lab podcast, Listen Money Matters, um the Taking article a writing Big pod-
1: unruly beast breaking yeah. it down and
0: just turning uh, it into a well oiled machine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you literally saved my life with that this
0: year. <laughs> it is, dude. It's, but it's like cathartic when yeah. you when you do it. You're like, oh. And when it
1: works, it's actually it's kind of unbelievable that yeah. it actually is working, and you're not required.
0: Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's it's a uh, it, it's we've definitely done episodes on process before, but I feel like mm-hmm. you can you, that's a dead horse you can never kill. Yeah, wait, right? You can that's it, a dead horse. That's it's not, a pole you get, can never beat to. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a dead horse that never gets less bloodied into a ball. I don't know. (laughs) That's never not fun. All right. Gross. All right. Anyway, here we go. Stop neighing. Uh, Is there anything else that we forgot to cover or that you want to ask? I mean, I think
1: we could talk more about YouTube stuff, but God, let's make it two episodes.
0: (laughs) There you go. Process. All right. So I want to thank Greg Jenkins. Why did I? Why did I miss say that? Greg Jenkins for sending me my new middle name, middle name redacted, which was a great one. Dig it. And of course, I want to thank Andrew, my man, Andrew, for joining me on this episode of Money Lab. Yes. <laughs> hey, head over to MoneyLab.co to read more about our business experiments and challenges like this one, which is over at MoneyLab.co slash YouTube dash optimization and email Matt at MoneyLab.co with topics you'd like us to discuss on this show and feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. If you like the show please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify or wherever you normally listen to podcasts and when you do please leave a review. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Please tell your friends about this show.